0: Everybody, everybody, uh, I'm your host Brian Pitts and I am joined today by Brendan Mayne. Uh, we hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was uh, Christmas or whether it was uh, Hanukkah earlier in December, whether it was Kwanzaa, which uh, just wrapped up a couple of days ago. That's true. Uh, we've got, um, uh, you know, in the middle of December, those of you celebrating uh, Santa Lucia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope you had a, a quiet and dignified Santa Lucia.
1: Make sure you get them all because you don't want to do them all and then like miss one. Did you say Christmas? Is that because I think that some people celebrate Christmas?
0: Uh, not from the, not in any Starbucks I ever went to. Right? No, that's true. Just yeah, just red and snowflakes. So <laughs> anyway, the, is you, the motif. You get my point. Uh, <laughs> I hope everybody's had a good, safe holiday and we've all uh, recovered from our giant turkey dinners. Uh, or maybe you're still eating one right now uh, in leftover form. Uh, I, when uh, I started uh, uh, hanging around your family, Brendan, uh, I was introduced to the concept of bunwiches. Right. See, in my house, they were just sandwiches that you made with leftover turkey. We didn't have a special name, but I was assured that at your house they were definitely called bunwiches, turkey bunwiches. That's true, but you have to keep in mind that half of, well, I...
1: I, there's a good portion of language that I grew up with, and then I just entering into the wider world. I realizing that it's not actual words that they don't have, they don't have they don't have any lexical value. Sure, like like I grew up like the, the what do you call a CD case, right? In my house, it was always the
0: it was called a crystal. I don't know where that comes from, well because they're called jewel cases
1: right okay, so so the art so, so the jewel cases they're so jewel are jewel cases so would you would you call it like oh, put the c d in the crystal never, never of never course once. of course, why would anyone
0: possibly? I don't know why they're called
1: jewel for that matter, right well, I mean language is arbitrary, but you get a lot of this a lot of this you you get growing up and it's sort of like, oh well, I'm going to take this into the wider world and use it. It's kind of the opposite of oh, having only read a word i have heard it out loud, right? But you've read it enough right. to feel confident that you can like trot it out, right? And then one day you do, you know, names or sure. or even just you know complicated concepts. It's like I've only
0: seen you on the page. That's right. I'm gonna go see that movie, Our Megadon.
1: Yeah, that's true. The big yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, on today's program. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. We've been planning this podcast for a while. I think since we started the show, we wanted to do this one. Yeah. Uh, Brendan and I each have a daughter who is four. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my case, she's an only child. You also have a son who is two. That's right. And uh, what what we are finding fascinating, I, I don't know about you, I didn't expect this when I had a kid, is uh, the things that, that she watches. Uh, so, I mean, like, I mean, you were saying earlier how, you know, when you have a kid, you're like, oh, my kid's never going to watch television. Mm -hmm. But why not, man? It's the best. What is better in this world than watching television? Nothing. And... Very few things. And
1: really, what are we put here to do? The only things
0: better than watching television, they're not old enough for yet.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, I do have to say, drinking a cold glass of milk is pretty good, too, sometimes. (laughs) I've been doing that for a while. Touche. So, but... I take the point. I mean, here's the thing: when you said I'm not going to let my kids watch television, you kind of put that in a voice. And I don't think that I think that that idea comes with a voice. You know? It does. It's sort of like there's an affect. There's an affectation to having your kids not watch any TV. And I think there's a value to it. I think <laughs> I think neurologically there's a value to it. It's like it's like it's like veganism, you know? I'm. I, I, I'm certain it's the correct moral stance, but I
0: but uh, I I can't particularly bring myself to engage in it. You know what I mean? You can have all the facts and uh, at the same facts as another person and come up with a different solution. Yeah. So you know, some people that solution is veganism, and some people is I don't care. I'm it's just, just going to eat it.
1: Eight hours binging um, on Netflix. And I think uh,
0: yeah, I know. Like um, I think and when when i did want my daughter when she was old enough that it was kind of time to to watch tv um i guess like a lot of things in parenting i kind of envisioned it being the way television watching was when i was her age right uh or growing up so i kind of envisioned certain kinds of programs and uh different kinds of i don't know just viewing habits mm-hmm. and that that doesn't exist anymore that's a, it's totally different now which makes sense that was 30 years ago well it might exist if
1: we weren't i mean i'm a cord cutter or more accurately i never had a cord cut sure i guess the term is i don't know what the term is there is a term
0: for that apparently but i don't i don't know what it is
1: yeah and i mean do you have cable i
0: assume i'm, I'm pouring a drink i'm not peeing the radio show. They do sound. They do sound. They do identical. sound very My headphones. It was like, oh, someone's taking a piss. <laughs> so, do you have? Do you? Do you have cable like a caveman? I do, right? Like uh, a, you know what? Like, I like, a, like an idiot. You right? know what? Like I, a, it is, it, the only reason that I have cable is uh, to watch the Blue Jays, pretty much. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. We pay you know this huge amount for for these cable packages. Pretty much just for live sports, and I really am only interested in baseball, so I can see the not-too-distant future. We're pretty close to the
1: Glorious Revolution, in which all sport will be abolished, and then... (laughs)
0: That's right, yeah.
1: Right? The the Glorious Revolution is coming. Sure. And at
0: some point, um, then you won't have to pay to watch the Jays anymore. Well, pretty soon, I mean, you can stream to watch the Jays, but there there were blackouts, and uh, so you could pay the MLB to stream games, but not the ones you wanted, Mm. Because they're on cable, but now I think I read that they're going to have team-specific streaming packages now. So if you just want to watch one team, you can just pay for that one and blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Um, my kid doesn't like to watch sports. I keep trying. I'm like, Do you want to watch this game? She's like, No. Like, she, she of, at an early age, you know, she, knows she is only boring.
1: four. There's lots of time to ruin her about sports. That's true. In the future. So, but you talked about you talked about sort of having this envisioning how. She was going to experience um, watching TV and watching shows and watching cartoons specifically. Um, and I mean, you have a kid, you read the books, um, and there's like a scientific period in which if children watch TV, like it sucks their brains out literally, and they get trapped inside it like poltergeist, yes. right? Like you yeah. you can't. After a certain point, like we, there's a visceral visceral reaction to little t- little kids being like raised by TVs. Kind of like a like the Aldous Huxley side of sure. the the Huxley Orwell dystopia paradigm. When we see little kids getting ro- r- raised by giant TVs and science fiction, you know something kind of awry. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on! I, I'm, that, think think of how intelligent that giant TV is, teaching all sorts of facts to those little kids. Knows more than I do. That's right. So, but anyways, they get older and um and the thing I found very quickly is that you can't really inculcate um, taste in a little kid. Like, you think you can. You think you'd be like, look, I'm going to tell you what's good. Yeah. I'm going to aim you at the right things, and I'm going to aim you away from the wrong things. Like, I I had this idea that there were a couple things that were going to be mainstays, and it was like Sesame Street. Done. Yeah, Sesame Street's one of the big ones. Boom. Um, We have a lot of children's movies that Colleen and I just watched just as, like, you get a kid, and then the kid grows up, and you go, why is all this kid stuff in my house that, that precedes my child? And then you go, oh, right, it's because I'm a man-child <laughs> with the tastes of a tiny toddler. So, like, we watched Ostensibly Children. Like, I had a copy of Follow That Bird, like, yes. and that was for me. Every now and then, <laughs> just watch Follow That's That... That's the Big Bird movie. That's the Big Bird movie where he gets adopted and then he runs away from home.
0: Like he has to go back to Sesame Street. Yeah.
1: There's nothing in that for an adult. No. There's nothing. It's a, it's a barren wasteland. But I had a copy of Follow That Bird and I was like, oh, I guess... What is mine is now yours, my child. And did they care about Follow That Bird? Well, I don't think anybody cares about Follow That Bird. No, I really. But don't. The thing about... Okay, a couple things is that one movie length is going to be hard for kids yeah, right for sure so the question is is does a movie have a good first act or more accurately does a movie have a good first 5 minutes that's
0: right that's all you're going to
1: get that's what you that's, that's what you're going to get in
0: perpetuity or or in its entirety is it kind of hypnotizing it doesn't matter if the story's any good but is it going to be loud and colorful enough to keep a child's attention for the amount of time yeah. it takes you to like load the dishwasher. Sometimes you
1: have something, and just like the intro credits are are a buzzkill, and you can't, you just can't push through. That's true. It's like the kids are like, I don't even know what words are yet. Yeah, I don't know what letters are. No one's taught me. So Brian, with Clara, yeah, what did she take to coming out of the gate?
0: Coming out of the gate, as she sort sort of first became aware of. Liking things beyond colors. Right. Um, she was really big into actually, well, I was going to say Sesame Street, but more accurately, Elmo. Right. It's about the time she was about one year old, which is about the age that kids like Elmo. Like, there's something narcotic about Elmo for the very, It's like It's like baby crack, because yeah. it, he's he's scientifically generated in a lab to be adorable for babies. Yeah. He speaks like a baby. And he loves you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... What, he's always laughing. He's laughing and saying, like, I love you and everything. And I like, got at, at that age, everyone's telling a baby that that they love them. So, yeah. he's just another one of those. Yeah. And As opposed to, like, Grover, who, like,
1: has to be, like, a decent enough waiter or can't pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, or yeah, might totally. Get, or you might and get not one fucking
0: guy keeps coming in and fucking it up. He's like, like... Ordering terror. Oh no, not this fucking guy again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. You'd think that they would get a different server at some point. Or that guy yeah. would go to a different location. Yeah.
0: Uh manager. I I, I know this waiter and um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, I'm I, pretty sure I'm going to get a fuzzy blue turd in my soup. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, she can't... was really into Elmo and, and Claire was really into Uh, It actually still is Tupi and Binu. Right. For those who may not... Most people know who Elmo is, but Tupi and Binu, I did not... I never even heard of until I had a child. Yeah. Tupi and Binu is a a cartoon based on, I think, some French-Canadian cartoons or storybooks.
1: The storybook, yeah. Uh,
0: And one is a, a mouse, an obnoxious mouse. Yeah. And the other is his... Friend who doesn't speak, or, or maybe he will. Would if he get a word warden? Ost-
1: Ostensibly a stuffed animal, right? His yeah, stuff- he's a
0: cat, but he has. It looks like stitches up his belly. So I, when I watch it, I think Tupi and Binu is about an, a rat that has gone insane. Yeah, and speaks to his imaginary stuffed cat. Or but I don't know if that's true. The vivisections on people, and that's the horrible scar left over. Right, that's like the fan theory that's not true. But anyway, that's... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tupi and Binu, and it... it uh, Tupi and Binu, I found... I, Tupi and Binu was a wake-up call for me as a parent, because it was not the thing that I would have chosen for her to watch. Right. So there's lots of other shows, like like Octonauts. Right. I love Octonauts. Pretty anything on Treehouse. It was like, Octonauts, they go on underwater adventures. She did not give one fuck about... The Octonauts. But Tupi and Binu doesn't really even have a plot. It's just like, hey, here we are in our living room, and then the carpet is flying. And Look at us. We're in the sky now, eating bananas. Oh no, the banana fell down. Woo! And it, that's a show. It has no <laughs> structure like, or anything. <laughs> that's and, a and wrap. We got, we got one. All the writers are sitting around smoking cigars. <laughs> we got this one in the can, boys. <laughs> but yeah, order, let's order Chinese food and write 600 more.
1: Yeah, just think them all out.
0: Uh, so yeah, so that that was an awakening for me because I was like, oh, and she's at an age where like she can't follow a plot, and there is no plot. They're just fun little things, and she would sometimes laugh out loud at some of these cartoons, and I'm just like, mm, I don't understand. She still likes Toopy and Binu, but yeah. not in the same vein. But um, I find Toopy to be like. Toopy
1: to me, specifically Toopy of Tupi and Beano Duo, is like something from Mad Magazine. If it was like, hey, you know what, we're going to make a ridiculous parody cartoon. Because he's a rat. I think he's a rat rather than a mouse. Is he... he seems to be a rat. Okay, yeah, no, I, I said no, mouse. He's, but... a, he's a rodent of some type. Yeah, maybe he's a mouse. But regardless, he's stunted and lumpy, and his tail starts like... His tail really?
0: looks like one of those things that dogs chew on.
1: Yeah. It comes out thick, and then it kind of like ends in a tiny little nubbins. Yeah. I don't know what this thing looks like. This is like, I don't know. He He affects body horror in me when I see him. <laughs> like, I find him to be grotesque.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what about uh, your kids, especially Meredith, who's the same age? You
1: know, 2pm isn't a big one for them. We never hit it, but uh, but uh, at my folks' place, sometimes they'd watch it. Uh, they, I mean, there's something to us about it, like, they can watch sort of and enjoy. Um, w- Meredith fell into Yo Gabba Gabba in an enormous way oh, yes. in childhood. And Yo Gabba Gabba is like, like one of the premises of Sesame Street that doesn't really come out a lot is that it was like, it wasn't just Sesame, it was also street, you know? Right. Like lower income, multi-ethnic. The streets. It was the streets. And it was just from Sesame Street, you know? And sort of like, yeah. and that was, it was it was a neighborhood. The people Street. Yeah. So like there's a, there was something populist and um, there was something populist And sort of like more middle class, but Sesame Street, you kind of lose that. Like Yo Gabba Gabba is like the is sort of like okay, so we have a kids show, right? Well, that should be urban. (laughs) That's sort of like well, urban in what sense? It's like let me tell you all about it. Like like so, Sesame Street is a show where like every now and then, you know, like Mr. Hooper would show up in part of life lesson. And then he would die and impart a lesson about life. Sure, like you know, starting kids early on existential crisis. Like Yo Gabba was a show that every now and then Bismarcky would come on. Yeah, man, just shamble on and and beatbox <laughs> <laughs> and be like, "This is your beat of the day," and it's like. I don't know what to do with this this beat that you've given me, Biz.
0: So this is on Yo Gabba, Gabba. Yeah, Yo Gabba, yeah, Gabba. Yeah. They, have, they have a lot of like uh, famous artists uh, on the show. Right? Yeah, it's funny because like it's like. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit for for people maybe who don't have kids or or, or, or don't know the show. What is what is the premise of Yo Gabba, Gabba? Okay, it's a, it's a little bit high concept because it begins with
1: either it's either this Yo Gabba, Gabba is either about a normal sized guy who carries around, like, a, a miniature land full of miniature creatures, or a giant man carrying around a normal-sized <laughs> land of normal-sized people. It all depends on sort of...
0: And he is a DJ.
1: Yeah, he's a DJ. So uh, so of DJ course. so DJ Lance Rock, this fuzzy um, orange outfit, it looks like that scene in The Matrix where it's all white. Right. He walks on in this echo chamber, and he puts the thing, and they're dolls for a second, and he breathes life into them like... He's he's his God, and then they court for his amusement. Right. And every now and then, like a giant hand will come down and we'll get. And he look imparts at him. morality on them. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he giveth and he taketh away. Um, and like they, they live in different lands that represent the seasons, and uh, and they have personalities. Uh, oh my God!
0: I never placed that together that they were seasons. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> You just said that, and I was like, of course, there's ce- uh Anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It <laughs> just blew my mind a little yeah, bit. No, it's true, and... Um, hiding in plain sight. And For every
1: Yo Gabba, Gabba there's a season. Uh, and it's not puppetry, it's people in big phone costumes. Right. And... The musical guests they bring on, they bring a lot of indie bands, any rock and any pop, and they kind of do their thing, and, and Meredith hated that. The, the music the part? The music part. Mm. Like, if it was, like, the characters themselves making music, or it was DJ Lance Rock making music, but at some point in the show, they would crowd around a television, and they would watch a music video that was, like, I think, like an incredibly hip indie band coming out and kind of, like, snoozing their way through a song for kids. Right. Like, this was not... Just community service, like... Yeah. The bar is not set pretty high, um, and every now and then it would be amazing, like because like Mark Butler's about produced the show, right? So every now and then it would be like, "All right, kids, you're gonna watch Devo," and Devo would come on to a yeah, because the like. guy, yeah,
0: he's yeah. on the show, right? Yeah,
1: the show has sort of a perverse, um, a perverse w- w- want to when they bring a celebrity on, they don't have them. To cater to that specialty, so often Mark Mothersbaugh will come on and be like, I'm Mark Mothersbaugh. I'm going to try and draw a dog. <laughs> he's terrible at it, and it's like, well, I just love drawing. It's like, that's not it's not your deal, Mark. He's not even good at it. No, he's... he's it's not like he had a hidden talent. No, and so, like, so you see a lot of that kind of stuff. One time Tony Hawk came on, and he actually skateboarded, and I was like, Tony, come on, but you had to do something else. Yeah, man, you got to do a cooking do segment, a da- Do a dancey dance or something. Yeah, man. But... Anyways, tame a lion. So like, Meredith loved the show. She loved it. She loved the story time, and she loved the characters' interactive. And then it would be like, we're gonna try it out some indie band, and they're gonna and they're gonna do the the most droning kind of boring, yeah, not really for kids, really tongue in cheek, eye roll kind of thing. And one of them is dressed as a banana. She'd flip.
0: Didn't it, like
1: that. Yeah. So, like, she'd start to be like, skip the song. Skip the... Like, that was her refrain.
0: Skip right. the song. So we'd skip the song. And Because you are watching it on Netflix or whatever, right? You yeah, that's that. right, yeah. And it was and on it, TV back in the day. We couldn't skip just, the song. She would have to just light. endure
1: it. Yeah, just man. Just her teeth. Jeez. Like... So, so Yo Gabba Gabba was big for her. Yo Gabba Gabba was seminal for her.
0: What, uh, and she sort of moved on from it, more or less?
1: I mean, yeah, in the sense that, I mean, it's been a couple of years now, um, for a while she was really into, uh, we have a whole bunch of Studio Ghibli DVDs, so, like, she'd be really interested in My Never Totoro, oh, yeah. and, um, Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, Spirited Away... And then of course there are like Pixar shorts and so on. So I mean, sure. At some point you sort of like get into movies proper. Um, our favorite show right now is is just a Netflix standard. It's called Misha and Bear, and it is super Eastern European. Oh, and it has it is it is not any good.
0: Wow is it like a wor- worker and parasite or but yeah, it
1: kind of there's a little there's a little bit of that yeah know? sure yeah, yeah it's a little hammer and sickle kind of thing <laughs> and this this horrible little girl antagonizes this bear that's that's raising her uh-huh. and but like the voice acting is done by somebody who seems to have like a cursory grasp of the English language <laughs> and the translation is kind of like like a Google Translate kind of thing, you'll you'll get you'll get most of it across, but there's no there's no nuance. You're right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's terrible. She just watch a lot of it, but if you ask her what her favorite show is, she'll say Mission Bear.
0: Do there's an age difference between your two kids? Do they like watching the same things?
1: There's a gap in the sense that there are things for little little kids. Um, Emmett will only watch Team Umizoomi. Mm. If he's not watching Team Umizoomi.
0: Put a show on and he'll be like, Why Team Umizumi Why isn't this Team Umizumi? That's funny, Clara was really into Umizumi at that age yeah. too. Team Umizumi is um uh it's an animated series about uh two a brother and sister and their robot friend and they are miniature and they are, I guess, ostensibly superheroes. Uh but they have math powers including patterns, shapes. And robot, <laughs> <laughs> and they 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 live in Umi City, and they solve people's problems using these very basic math skills, like math for like two year olds. Like it's not yeah. you're not doing any equations. It's it's about counting and and realizing patterns and, and things like that. And it is very addi- it's actually pretty good for for uh, for that genre, mm. I think. But it is very if addictive. you
1: watch if you watch enough of anything, it will I think become a punishment for you. So, at a certain point, like, yes. I, I, can't, I can't really muscle my way through Mizumi anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, I, it just, I agree, but it's... Uh, no, the, the, the quality is there, though. Although, I do need to say something, and this is an unpopular opinion, um, but do you remember back when you could have children's programming that was not educational in any way, that didn't aspire to teach your kids anything? That's true. I miss
0: that. That's true. It's all... They're always... It's like... It's like if you are watching television, you'd better be learning. Mm-hmm. You better not be having fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, mean, I, I hear you. I know and what you it's, it's not always so um, didactic. It's not always so like it's strictly pedagogical. But like one of the shows that uh, she watched was um, Super Y, which yes. was about like a team of characters from. Fairy tales that would that would to solve their own problems would go into a uh, a fairy tale book and help and solve the fairy tale the problems that these book characters were having um, by rewriting the book and changing letters, which is not how you read. No, which is not what books do. No, it's, it's sort of like. I have a problem. I better go into this this book realm and manipulate letters until I it's like I broke something. Should I should I should I tell my brother I broke it? We need to go into this land. Right. It's like why don't you just search within? Why don't you just yeah. reach deep within you? So why I mean you, why
0: don't you just stop being a pussy and do it. Yeah, why don't you just uh man up. Was the answer gonna be no? Yeah. Hide it forever. Yeah, hide it forever.
1: No, you know? I shouldn't fess up to my bury it to deep. Responsibility. Bury
0: it deep within yourself.
1: So there's, I mean, and then it's ostensibly teaching reading or whatever. Um, but there's, they're all like this, and they all sort of have these aspirations, right? These, and they all have, you know, you watch the ending credits, and it's all this, this, this PhD. Yeah. Um, all of these sort of educational experts who are there to make sure that you know, and you know what. Some of it catches on, right? So, I mean, it's sort of like... Sure. Why... How does my... Who taught... Who told my two-year-old
0: son about parallelograms? I wouldn't... I would never do that. It's like, oh... And, I mean, the other side of that is, like, this shows that... Maybe they don't teach anything, but... Except they are teaching you that there is a toy of that thing. We we haven't really talked about that yet. Like, I, I know you've had a lot of Paw Patrol... Yeah. ...at your house, and we've had a ton of it at our house, too. It's on Netflix... Paw Patrol is about dogs who solve problems. Yeah. And like one's a cop, one's a firefighter, one recycles. Yeah, one I is think?
1: one is one is a garbage
0: it's man, He's garbage recycling. A, gar- a garbage man. Um uh and and so on and the mayor is like corrupt and has a chicken. Uh, a yeah, purse
1: chicken.
0: Yeah. I think it's a running mate or like deputy mayor. Yeah. Chicken. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's all these dogs and kids. Any kid that I've seen mm-hmm. Not just our kids, other kids also, too. They they flip out about yeah. this cartoon because I mean the the yeah it's crack for them and it's not and like
1: the fantasy isn't oh gosh I wish that I too could represent this, the basic municipal functions of, of, of town <laughs> yeah yeah it's there's a, a, a young boy rider who has six dogs often feels like five because the the hovercraft dog does not get a lot of play.
0: No. There's
1: a lot of scenes in which like they could use a hovercraft dog and it's like, you know who I'm gonna need for this to hover in some type of craft? a uh, bulldozer dog And it's like, Oh, you have a hovercraft dog and you just don't <laughs> you don't love him as much as the So but it's he has six dogs and You know they, what? He
0: has addiction problems. Like, there's things about his life we don't know. You don't want to call... Yeah, you don't want to call... We don't know what's going on in his life.
1: He's got a lot going on. What's that one? Zuma? I don't... (laughs) I kind of... I I kind of zoned it out. It is Zuma. So, there you go. (laughs) I'll (laughs) take (laughs) your word for it. There you go, everybody. But, the dogs... So, it's the boy has pups. They often don't call them dogs. They call them pups. They never call them dogs. Yeah, so the boy has pups. And the pups drive cars. So it's sort of like, hey uh, kid, what do you like? Glad you asked. I like dogs and I like cars. I like dogs driving cars. It's like, well, the the pol- ostensibly the only policeman in this world
0: is a pup, right? Dressed like a policeman, right? And, and like in the second season, doesn't he like get a drone and start surveilling people? Yeah, they yeah, like they, honest they, to god, he's just he, yeah, he gets they, a little bit more. Like NSA, dog. yeah. They he's changed like, They changed the police dog to a spy dog,
1: which I think has some serious undertones. Yeah.
0: Of and he's just of, like, we better watch people while they pee. It's like <laughs> instead of sniffing butts, he just he has like a drone going. It's sort of like
1: you know. You know what would really help uh, the police is if we had uh, surveillance technology and uh, some military equipment and and gave it to
0: dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and, and for, so for uh, this past Christmas that's just gone on, uh, several Paw Patrol things have entered our household. We yeah, got we some, want some Paw Patrol stuff, Yeah, too. we got some Paw Patrol stuff. I mean, I, there's nothing really wrong with it. And it's like you say, it not even has to be educational. But, like, it is very, like... <sighs> okay. Every dog has a different color no, scheme Nothing, and different toy. Nothing
1: that can possibly be done now is more cynical than our childhood. Which, for one thing is just crap. It's just terrible, right? Like, it's like, hey, only 80s kids can remember what it's like to have terrible
0: TV shows that were made to sell action figures. Yes. And so, like... I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Some people will fight you, but not, not me. I-Man I, I-, yeah. I- Man was not good. Yeah. So, but it, it's like... Anyth- so,
1: it's... There are these extremes, right? Where it's sort of like, look... We need a show about robots that transform into cars. Maybe call it Transformers. Right. And then someone else is like, "We need to sell the exact same thing and call it GoBots." Um, so like, there's a lot of plastic crap yeah, from yeah. the '80s, and there's a lot of stuff selling that plastic crap. And the and the very premise of sort of like, look, these shows move units. I don't have to tell you, right? Like, yeah. And so. When the genesis of a show is somebody saying, "I want to sell something to somebody," like that's like that's the that's the heart of craven materialism, and yet they are beloved, right? It's sort sure. of like, you know, what I'm not done with the Ninja Turtles, and it's like, all power to you.
0: Sure. And, and I mean, now I mean, people are like, why do they keep rebooting all these? Shows from the 80s, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, like, I think they're doing Thundercats coming pretty soon. It's like, because you have nostalgia for it, but the old shows are unwatchable. Yeah. You can't just re-release them because you would, it wouldn't work. So they have to sort of redo it in a, in a way that makes it palatable for you today. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say those shows were terrible. Some of those toys were awesome. Oh, it was, Len- it was an era of awesome toys for bad television shows. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Clara's really into Paw Patrol... Uh, oh, the ones that... Well, okay, speaking of... Someone has discovered eliminating the middleman and doing away with the pretense of having a show altogether. Um, are you aware of Shopkins? I
1: saw some of that
0: in... Like, uh, at McDonald's? Uh, at McDonald's. Recently. Shopkins is a line of toys... They are they are small little, I don't know figures. They're not very big, uh, and they are things that you can buy. So they're they're not uh, like a character so much, but there's like so there's like the grocery ones and somebody's milk and somebody's cheese and somebody they all have like fancy names like right. Easy Cheesy Stevie or something. I don't know. I made that up. Uh, some of them are clothes, so somebody has shoes, somebody has a hat, somebody has a ring, somebody, yeah. and so on. They have all these things, and it's, they're action figures, and uh, uh, we have a tablet that Clara watches cartoons on, and some of them are on YouTube. Right. If I put anything on YouTube using the suggested videos thing at the bottom, yeah. she somehow six degrees of separations her way to a Shopkins video. Right. I don't know how she does it, because I don't put them on. Suggested so the videos are kind of like herpes,
1: right? So if you watch something, yeah. like it's sort of like, look, you viewed this, it whatever, you just wanted to sort of figure it out, um, but now, YouTube, you're logged in forever, yeah. so YouTube's like, Look, I'm sorry. You made you made one mistake one night. This is just in
0: your bloodstream from now on. <laughs> this is it. Uh, and uh, and the, but the videos that she watches, they're not even like a cartoon featuring the characters. They are adults playing with the toys and showing them to you. Right. And the way these toys work is they're kind of like baseball cards where like you, you get a pack and you don't know what they are. Mm. You open them up and you get doubles. Yeah. I mean that's, its own, of that's its own phenomenon, right? That's like the So people of- will open them up and be like, oh they, hey everybody, I'm going to open these Shopkins and here we go. And, oh look, I got this one. And she'll watch these videos for hours and hours and hours and, I, and one day I told her I said, honey, why do you watch these cartoons? She said, well I like them. I said, well I said Claire do you understand I want you to understand that these are commercials and she flipped the fuck out <laughs> No daddy they're not commercials I was like yes they they are literally commercials for things like and but she doesn't she isn't old enough to understand that they're yeah. that they are ads targeted to her and for Christmas she got a bunch of Shopkins things because that's all she wanted and she got them from from other people and and some from us I mean so in in one sense they're harmless, but they're okay. but it's also insidious.
1: Hearing that from you, I realize that I may have not done my due diligence with my four year old daughter and that she knows like where babies come from, but I don't think that she
0: knows what a commercial is well here's the interesting thing is you're a cord cutter, yeah. All your shows come off, say, Netflix. Yes. There are no commercials, mm-hmm. which is something different from when we were kids, where it was like, every show had like three breaks where it would be like, buy this thing, buy these cool toys, and you'd be like, yes, those are cool toys. Um, somebody told me one time, it was a few years ago, and they were like, my kid doesn't watch it. it at Christmas, it was like, what do you want?" She didn't know, because the kid doesn't watch commercials, because he used to be like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, all the things that's on commercials she didn't have any of that but now I think like, they're bypassing that mm-hmm. by just having YouTube videos of toys of people playing with toys there's ones for Shopkins there's ones for Play-Doh there's some for um, I don't know all kinds of little tchotchkes and things mostly the ones that I've seen are targeted at girls although okay. I know that's a hot topic all on its own um, but if it's if it's pink and it's about shopping it's probably uh, cynically directed at young girls yeah Um, more or less. And so, you know, the ads, the ads have to adapt because they, they got to sell their things and people aren't watching commercials anymore. So they'll, they'll make Paw Patrol and sell trucks. Mm. I don't know.
1: I mean, there's still merchandising, but I think that an ad very specifically says, Hey, you know, this thing that you like, you can get it in these forms. It's ownable and purchasable, and, and you can engage with it. And, and it here's control. where you buy it. Yeah, you can ask. You can ask for it. This is what it looks like. This is what it does. Yeah. Right. That's not something that Meredith has a lot of experience with. Um, and so, like when we asked her what she wanted for Christmas this year, she said, "I want bath crayons and I want markers." And Awesome. Like,
0: all right, you kid, have all the markers you want. You can
1: have a king's rant. All the spices in China. So. I mean, I think that we we've talked about these things a lot in terms of sort of proceeding in good faith or proceeding cynically, and I think that we currently live in a time where it is possible for children to experience these types of things. Um, I think that well, I think the kids have it better than we did. Um, I'm not particularly nostalgic for our childhood. Some of the things that some of the things that I experienced in, in my childhood, I've been happy to sort of pass on. And sometimes they hit, and sometimes they miss. Sure. So, I don't know how we are for time, but if we're okay, I thought I might. It's ask, the internet, we can have all the time we want. That's right. We have all the time in the world. We finally have enough time. Oh, and that sound you hear is me dropping my glasses and shattering them in a post-apocalyptic wasteland.
0: The other sound was me peeing. Yeah, that's right. On them. Oh, he's can't,
1: oh, he's can't go on my face now. Oh, oh, he peed on them. No. But Clara likes Batman now. She watches uh, superhero stuff, and she likes she the... does. That's
0: true. She watches like the Avengers, and so what's
1: that like? Clara likes
0: the Avengers. Uh, you know what? It's pretty cool. I, I'm not. I mean, she used to uh, like Batman and and stuff. I'm not really sure how that came about. Because uh, I I did make an effort not to just try to push on her all the things that I liked because I knew that wasn't going to work and you know but for some reason I was watching Batman stuff she got into it um, and that sort of translated to the Avengers I put on the Avengers one day the mo- the first Avengers mm-hmm. film and I wasn't sure if she was ready for it because it's you know it people fighting and it's a little bit violent or whatever but she really liked it the, the, a lot of the Marvel stuff is kind of sanitized right like so people will get shot but they won't bleed uh, you know, people fight, but nobody really dies. It's sort of, yeah. you know... Um, I mean, you put, on, you go Avengers, and then you work your way up to, you know,
1: Hostel, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not watching Daredevil, but she's watching the Avengers, <laughs> and and it's all bright colors, and, and really charismatic characters. And uh, the first Avengers movie, for a long time, she insisted that she watch it at night. Because I think one time we were watching it at night to Sort of, sort of a nightcap, and she fell asleep right. on the couch, and then she wanted to do that every night. That's how she just wanted to go to sleep. So we've seen the Avengers about fifty or sixty times. So when Age of Ultron came out uh, on video, I bought it right away because I just wanted to watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's great because I, you know, I could take her to see. Like we took her to the drive-in to see uh, Ant-Man, for instance, which she really right. enjoyed, and. Um, so she's sort of into those superheroes. So she got an Iron Man costume for Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, so she's uh, she, she, Iron Man, and she, if you ask her, she'll always tell you that her two favorite superheroes are Iron Man and Captain America, because she's not old enough to know that uh, Captain America sucks and or anything about geopolitics. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I would like to point out, though,
1: that one of the things that the marvel movie line has done is take characters that had never been popular and had always sucked and somehow we have always been war with eurasia that it's like it's like hey you remember captain america do i remember captain america i always loved captain america how could you love something that's prettily sucked right so like a lot of these a lot of a lot of what the avengers is is Carbon copy, largely from um, the Ultimates. Exactly, right. the Ultimates, and some of these characters have never been good before the Ultimates, right? Yeah, it's sort of like, tell me exactly when you were a big fan of Thor. Exactly, who was
0: no one? All the people, fan of Thor. and
1: then like, and, and anyone's sort of like, I have always loved Thor. It's like, oh yeah, which which Thor, which which one, which incarnation? What about when it was Beta Ray Bill for a while? Remember yeah. when Thor
0: was a horse? Tell me before 2010 when you heard of Black Widow. Yeah, no one has. Tell me,
1: and like, even the characters that are like sort of like, oh Hulk, I love Hulk, Hulk's strongest one there is. It's sort of like what incarnation of the Hulk was big for you? Like watching Lou Ferrigno. That's a word, is it Ferrigno or Ferino? Ferrino. Ferrigno? I think it's Ferrigno. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno, like fumble about in blue, in, in yeah, <laughs> blue. Ah, uh, this, this is when we realize I'm colorblind. Oh my god, you think that. Like, you know, you slather in green paint. I like to think
0: that the Lou Ferrigno show was about a green guy whose superpower was that when he calmed down, he turned into Bill Bixby. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's kind of... If you think of it that way, it's a better show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's sort of like... I mean, yes, you can go and buy comics and read them weekly, nothing's stopping you, but something's stopping most people because um comics readership is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of um movie viewership. Oh yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is a dig- this is a digression. So I mean, I think it's fair to like movie Captain America cuz he's super fresh faced. Uh and I mean,
0: if he's ba- if if you're saying he's based on the Ultimates Captain America, the Ultimates Captain America is not that likable. That's true. He's kind of a yeah. Authentic. I mean, I think that like
1: one of the things that you need to do from going from the Ultimates to Avengers is sort of like some of um, Mark Miller's a, a incredible misanthropy has to be sort of toned down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's different if it's it's different if it's uh, Josh as opposed to Mark Miller being like, no, we actually we actually we actually all of us hate um, Bruce Banner or oh Hank Pym is a, a uh, He's white, a white-beating white asshole. White-beating asshole, and he deserves nothing more than to have his jaw broken. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't fly, right? And so, I mean, that some of that is, as, as in a strange way, I, I think of um, the Ultimates in the same vein as certain things like uh, Alan Moore's Watchmen, which its thesis is that super, superheroic characters are messed-up, terrible people, and we kind of are fetishizing them. Um, but you know, but then Mark Miller's next step is sort of like but, but ultraviolet is also super cool and every now and then we need to destroy it like Space Nazis. So I mean Sure. that all gets lost in the wash.
0: Do you think uh thinking going back to kids watching these things, my kid does watch sort of just she kinda of just likes the Avengers. Right. Um do you think watching superhero stuff is different now for kids? Like I mean, you could watch Christopher Reeves Superman as a with a little kid, and they could get a lot out of it because the character is kind of uh he's very pure in that sense yeah. right he's pure Superman, but I don't think as many kids are gonna be into Man of Steel Superman, yeah, I think that if you get it right <laughs> um it's it's for grown ups
1: well, absolutely so and I mean, I, I mean one of the things to consider is that if you if you make these movies right. Um, largely speaking, with the way that we've sort of envisioned super heroics, um, it has the potential to become a cultural touchstone right so sure. I mean so um the the Richard Donner Superman stuff uh or the Tim Burton Batman stuff right like you can be a little little kid and be like, oh, "I love Batman, he punches the joker right. he has a car. But it's not like, I love Batman. He has assembled a police state. <laughs> yeah, he that's is, right. He has destroyed the fear within his heart um, and he fights crypto... And he fights crypto-anarchism and crypto-fascism. Like, I... You're... So, like, man. Of, like the Dark Knight stuff or Man of Steel are not for kids. And you could sneak them because I there's a great tradition of, like, being a kid and watching something that's not for you and it yeah. incredibly incredibly informative. You know, punching above your weight goes a long way. Sure. And some of my best experiences or most memorable experiences of when I've got my hands on something that I wasn't ready for. And I just spent a couple of years figuring it out on my own time. Um but that's all to say, I mean, like one part of fandom is somebody sort of getting it right. So, I mean, like, any person who in our generation was an X-Men fan, um, that was crystallized probably by the X-Men cartoon. Sure. Right? So, I mean, yes, people with the X-Men, and some people can still sing that theme, right? Right. Um, and then a huge debate yeah. of X-Men comics is sort of through the through the 90s into the early 2000s. Um, like with, the, or like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man stuff, it was sort of like, bang! Now there's Spider-Man. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, how could you be a Spider-Man fan preceding that, right? How could anyone? It's sort of like, well, what is there? There's the '60s cartoon. That's about yeah. it. That's about it. Or like, hey, I love Spider-Man from the backpack, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. That's a very popular backpack. From that one uh, McFarlane cover.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So... so speaking of... Speaking of Tommy Farland, though, I remember talking to my, my uh, younger brother, Robert's friends, and they were talking about how Spawn could kick Batman's ass. Right. And it was sort of like, oh... I mean, there's this specific cultural moment where it was like, Spawn is so cool. He could kick Batman's ass. Spawn's way better than Batman. He can kick Batman's ass. And it was sort of like... First off, the only time they met, they teamed up. Sure. I, have, I have that comic. They didn't fight. They were friends. Yeah. Spawn looked even in Batman soul and thought he was an okay guy. But secondly, it's sort of like Imagine a time when people were more excited about more excited about Spawn than Batman. But that was the
0: nineties, right? So I mean Yeah, it was like a two year period in the nineties when he was cooler than Batman.
1: Yeah. Hey, don't knock the Tommy Farland ruled the world for a little while,
0: right? Yeah. Like
1: he and and kinda of like Bronze Age stuff was on the way out. But I mean so, you, for these to even be popular to kids, they have to be digestible. They need to be sort of yeah. engaged. You need to be able to sort of engage with them, right? Like, the only way that a four-year-old could like the Avengers is a Avengers movie, because otherwise, it's sort of like, well, sweetie, there was some really kind of hokey team-up stuff that happened in the Silver Age. <laughs> yeah. Silver Age, and it uh, culminated in some kind of, like, big world-rebooting things, and everybody joined it, and, and every now and then,
0: they'd have to fight Thanos, They just don't teach children about the secret wars like they should in school. Well, they call them secret for a reason. You know? You know? Uh, We're going to wrap up pretty shortly here, but before we do, I want to ask your opinion. If, If you could somehow force every child out there to watch one thing that you think would benefit them, what would it be?
1: Well, in terms of an artistic experience, I think that, like, in terms of... If you get a kid, like, the government should just give you a flash drive with My Neighbor Totoro on it. It's sure. sort of like, hey, you get a kid?
0: It comes with your baby bonus. comes with
1: your baby bonus. Here you go. Every kid gets My Neighbor Totoro. Um, it doesn't really have a conventional narrative. Um, there's a lot of frolicking in it. It still has, it still has kind of a three-act structure, but, like... If you're an adult watching it, you might find that it mehanders, but for kids, it's like this purely innocent, wonderful thing. Right. And it's watchable very very early on. Um, so that's in terms of just artistic value. My Neighbor Totoro. Um, but, more practically, I would suggest to all parents of young children to try out Netflix's Puffin Rock. Oh, yes. Puffin Rock, the most beautifully sweet Elegaic children show. He doesn't try to teach them numbers or spelling. It's about a puffin and her baby brother puffin, and they have, uh, and they have um, a daddy puffin and a mummy puffin, and it's voiced by uh, the Chris O'Dowd who yeah. yeah. who, and he sort of, and it's and it's all lovely on Puffin Rock. And you they, might
0: remember him as uh, Roy on the It Crowd. Yeah, um, and so this sort of lovely. Gently Irish uh,
1: show about. Um, I guess I guess I'm showing my biases towards like, like gentle frolics and stuff. But Meredith does not like high action. Meredith does not like um, the characters fight. Hmm. Meredith does not does not like those types of conflicts. Um, but the, I mean, the show has conflict. at, at its heart, but it's sort of like. The, the day-to-day goings-on of being a puffin, and it's sort of like, oh, this is so wonderful. When I can calm my children to watching it, I find it calming, find it incredibly soothing, doesn't fill their head with nonsense. Sure. And then they come out of it being like, hey, do you know what, you know, shrews are very hungry, and it's like, you know what, I don't doubt that shrews are very hungry. That is, it doesn't pollute your brain.
0: That's right. Uh me I don't jeez I I asked the question and then I couldn't come up with an answer. Right. Um so someone says my kids
1: never watched anything what do you recommend? <laughs> uh Avengers 2. Yeah you know Age of Ultron but skip all the stuff with skip all the stuff with Vision cuz what's <laughs> yeah. going on there.
0: Yeah I know right. Uh you know what if for, I mean it depends what age I guess 4 years old is pretty young but like for a lot of people you know batman the animated series if you like sort of an action adventure Uh kind of stuff maybe it should be a little bit older before before that because it could be too scary but um you know and uh, so which is batman the animated series which is that one that is is the first one uh, mark hamill is the joker mark hamill is the joker bruce tim put it together put the show together Uh um you know, I, I was a little bit too old for it when it came out, so I I'd seen it a little bit, but in in retrospect, it was a really well put together sort of superhero stories. Um, actually kind of think of it if you Harley it, Quinn on the world. You know what? And 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 to that end, if they're a little bit younger, uh, for a while Clara was watching Batman: The Brave and the Bold, right? Which is a softer Batman. So, rather than being like in dark alleys beating up muggers, it was more about like Batman and the green Lantern go to space and fight monsters and right. it's a little bit more whimsical mm-hmm. and uh so something like one of those things i think uh is is really good so uh and it's Batman, so you know it kind of does what it says on the tin right yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Cat Cat like reflexes. Like reflexes; these cats are so reflexing. Nice. The writing's on the wall. <laughs> do 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 do. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, you can uh, drop us a line wherever you found this uh, podcast. Uh, you can uh, write some comments here just below if you're watching on our website. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at CR Podcast. Uh, you can write us uh, uh, an email like a caveman privately, if you wish, at info at catlikereflexes.com. Uh, and of course you can find links to lots of our different social media and uh, info over at our website catlikereflexes.com so let us know what you think do you have any recommendations for young kids do you think we're way off letting our kids watch the Avengers are we fucking up our kids should we not let them are watch TV at all ruined. Uh if you th- if you think that you shouldn't let kids watch TV at all um, write us a letter and tell us about how many kids you have and I'm guessing it's zero so or, or, yeah, well, yes, and you probably live on a commune that doesn't have electricity anyway. So let us know what you think. If, uh, if you agree with us, you think we're assholes, uh, uh, let us know. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll catch you soon. Uh, this, is, this has gone on for 53 minutes. Um, so let us know if you think this is too long, you want us to talk more, you want us to talk less. Just talk to us, somebody, please.
1: Please, we're here all alone. Thanks for making it to the end. 53 minutes. Wow. I hope you were doing the dishes while you were listening to this. Or... I hope you got
0: a lot of work done so yeah. while you were listening to this podcast. If, you're, uh, if you have a 47-minute uh, commute, I'm sorry you missed the ending. <laughs> 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 uh, That's
1: where it really heats up. But uh, to those of you, to those one of you who made it to the end, we'd like to say thank
0: you, Dion. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you dion thank you dion for listening to our, our podcast for muscling through all right <laughs> all right take care everybody
2: mm-hmm. i'm afraid of love again because of what i've been through i've been through but your patience boy and perfect touch got me focused on you and the possibility mm-hmm. got you here with me
0: Music at the beginning and ending of this episode of Cat Like Reflexes was Possibilities by Jasmine Jordan. I found that music on gemendo.com and so can you, or you can find a link to it at our website, catlikereflexes.com.